Okay, here we go. So June 11th, Jesus. What? And we're back. What a, what a fucking disaster. Um, in, in just the most. Our, our podcast? That and the last two weeks, three weeks? Has it been like what? Three months. Three years. Yeah. It's well, been crazy. So there's a lot of heavy stuff to talk about to get into. Yes. But Correct. there we there has to be light in the darkness as well. So hopefully we can find some shards of of light, not to get all cabalistic. Um, I could like tell a joke. Go on. I don't know. I don't not, not, I don't... Nothing's funny right now. I mean, I was going to say, what What did 50 Cent do when he was hungry? I don't know. 58? Oh, that's a dad or mom joke. It's like a dad joke that, you know, grew up listening to 50 Cent in the early 2000s. But... Um... Um... That first yeah. video changed my life. Which one? It made one? me do uh, upside down uh, stomach crunches. Wait, which one? Was that in the club? Yeah. I don't even remember that video. Yeah, he's like doing upside down crunches in his uh, tank top. In, dude, when 50 came out, like that was, do you guys remember when he and Kanye West did that whole battle of like who was going to sell the most records? Are you addressing you our uh, our listeners when you say you guys, or is there someone else on? <laughs> oh no, it's my my imaginary friends. Yeah, okay. you, you yeah. all people out there. That was like a big <laughs> thing. I remember it clearly. I think I even have like the um, the Rolling Stone magazine with that cover. I remember it came out around the same time as Gnarls Barkley. Oh, man. I haven't heard that name in so long. When I heard Crazy for the first time. Oh, yes. And I, this was before, you know, because I'm indie as fuck. Um, I heard it like just, I think before it came out, maybe a few weeks before it came out. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be a banger. Oh, my God. Lonnie. What's up? You're so early. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to do better in my life these days. <laughs> Lonnie J, what's up? What's going on? Oh, meet Ben. Say hi. Hi, Ben. How you doing? Hi, Lonnie. It's really nice to meet you. Thanks. Thanks for being uh, early. Yes, I'm trying. You know, I told you I'm trying to get better in my life. Well, then why are you coming on this podcast? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> you know, she got she got time. Yeah, I got time. You got time. We got time. Where are you where are you zooming in from? Down south? Yeah, I'm at my house. How's that been? Have you been leaving the house? I have. I've been having to go, you know, into my office here and there, but it's been mostly at home. Publix home. Walgreens yeah. home. Yeah. Target home <laughs> so i haven't really mm-mm. not to like start the conversation in a in a debbie downer sort of way but did you guys hear that today was the largest um coronavirus case since no. the lot yeah like they reported over 1800 new cases today See? y'all want to miami- like open up the world and here we go miami dade miami dade miami dade huh yeah Ooh. You said 1,800? Yeah. It's the most since the lockdown. Like, it's... So, like, they reopened and then just shot up. So, wow. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and, that, you know, I'm getting grief from my family because my birthday's tomorrow, and they're like, well, what are we going to do? We got... I'm like... Oh, my... Oh, my God. You're blessing Money. us? Yeah. Free birthday so clearly this is a birthday podcast <laughs> tell us all your birthday wishes oh <laughs> well to be honest this one really doesn't count 
Right. We know. Facts. So I'm, I get Facts. a do-over next year. But um, I don't know. No. Is it ungentlemanly of me to inquire as to the general vicinity of your vintage? 40. Okay. 40. Wow. Oh my God, it's such an epic. I know. Landmark. Yeah. You got, you, wow. Walk, welcome to the north side. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, 40 um, and 20. It's crazy. It is. Well, anywho, how's it been? I, Lonnie's like, is there topics? I'm like, not really. <laughs> it's just been like a, like a lot of like, just ref reflecting because shit's, shit's crazy. Like, this is, I. Why, what's going on? I, I just, just this, it's just, I, I, where do we start? <laughs> where can we start, Ben? We can probably shake it up in a bowl and like, just be like, oh. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not qualified to set the agenda here. I don't think uh, any of us are at this point. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's been yeah. a lot. Uh, I joke with the, the kids that I work with because we Zoom every Tuesdays and Thursdays. And um, they're like, it's going to have to be like a whole separate ass like curriculum just to talk about 2020 mm. <laughs> in history. So like, they're like, it's going to be a separate like, course in a separate book you know what I mean for just 2020 alone and I'm like I think I'm with y'all on that because this I don't even know how to begin to talk about this shit I mean it, it went from literally you know we're just talking about how we haven't even like grieved like people who lost you know their lives during just the disease itself right you know like Ben lost his uncle you know I know people that you know and it's like we haven't even been able to like monitor that. And then we go from that to what we're dealing with. Now. Yeah. And it's like, talk about just like, it's like if you had like every milestone of your life that was like chaotic, like you got a divorce, you lost mm -hmm. your job, mm -hmm. uh, your parents died uh -huh. and, and then you got robbed. Right. <laughs> and right. you're just like, okay, now what? Now what? Right. And then it's like you're tensing up to like prepare for anything at this point. It's just like, okay, what else can happen? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Occur at this point. Yeah, it's. I. I do say this like it's. It's a. Interesting moment because it's like especially with the current, um, situation just with race and. Thinking systemically, like I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, to see um, where this is going to go. Because this is like a, like a real time of reckoning. Like there is a lot of reckoning that is happening. And um, that, that does make me excited to, to be um, a part of this reckoning that's happening. So that is, it's like, whew. but it's like, it's still kind of like, whew. Wow. And it's been, it's also like, just like reckonings on multiple levels. Yes. 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 You know, it's like, it's like systemic reckonings. It's like yep. institution reckonings. Yep. It's like company reckonings. It's like yep. family. Yes. Then it's like, and then like you yourself, like, Personal, you know, in right. bed, like, just, yeah, just like yep. staring at the ceiling, like, fuck. Right. Like what? Right. Yeah. Right. And then also for me, like feeling like a crazy person, because I've been yelling this shit from the mountaintops for the longest, like to all of these institutions, to, you know, institutions, to systems, to, you know what I mean? So it's just like, oh, like, okay, well, shit had to burn down in order for us to like, listen, finally, like, okay, all right, well, I'll take it. At this point, it's like, how, however we, we can get it, then let's take it. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's been a lot. And yeah, like you said, this reckoning with yourself, like, oof. Like, how am I, you know, playing into this? How am I taking care of myself? Like, how am I explaining this to my children? Like, you know, I haven't seen my oldest son because he's in New York. I haven't seen him since, since Christmas, you know? So it's like, you know, not being able to, because I was banking on going up there into New York for um, in April with Young Arts, but that was all. So I haven't seen my child since, in, in person since Christmas. So uh, it's just, it's just, it's a lot. And then having a seven-year-old running around and him 
asking me about things and like, you know, picking and choosing, like, do I go there? But then I'm like, yo, if he asks, he wants to know. So it's just, it's been a, and, and just trying to monitor how much interaction he has with media and social media and all of that. And it's, it's, it's a lot. It's been a lot. So, you, so, so you said you're, you're excited. Mm-hmm. Can, can you talk about that? I'm excited because I feel like I am in a position to be a part of these, especially these institutional reckonings and um, having conversations and being an artist and talking with other artists and kind of like now feeling like we can begin to hold these institutions and systems accountable. That's why I'm excited because I feel like, you know, it, it is time and we're in a place to do so and taking action to do so. So um, it's not about, you know, being angry and like I said, screaming from the mountaintops anymore. Now it's like, okay, now we can put in, put in action, you know, and hold folks accountable. Cause that's, that's the biggest part. Like how are you holding, you know, the mirror up and, and forcing folks to, to be accountable for what is happening? Yeah, and then there's, go ahead. I was going to say yeah. that there are, there are folks that they're like, what, what's the big deal? Right. What, who was the guy that was just on TV? He's like the head of like, oh, CrossFit. CrossFit. Yes, he legit was like, I don't believe America has a systemic racism problem. And the reporter was like, excuse, excuse me, did you just say that? And he goes, do you want me to repeat myself? Like on national TV and just him being a symbol of that was like, oh, maybe I'm in a bubble. You know what I'm saying? Like my social media has been like all these folks, like, you know, recognizing what's happening. But then I'm thinking like, there must be a whole contingent of this country that they're just like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. You're just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it is a minority. I mean, the you know, I, I, you know, one of the things I found interesting is NASCAR right mm-hmm. like and to me they know their audience and so and very have, well mm-hmm. very well so like to me that to me that's the bellwether like if nascar is going in this direction then something's happened like there you know there's a shift now you know does but, it does it yeah. sorry not to so, throw whatever but is that just more of capitalist corporate pressure and optics Yes, because you have all these major corporations like a Coca-Cola or, or, you know, all these folks that are giving money to NASCAR and they're taking a stance. Is it more of like, if you are not taking a stance, we can't sponsor or support you on a financial level. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. Even, saying, if, even if it is just incremental symbolism that's born out of the moment, mm-hmm. that, that's not nothing, right? Mm-hmm. It's not enough, not even close to enough. But, but it's the but beginning. It, and then the how, again, how do we hold them accountable so they keep right. that same energy? That's, that's, that's going to be the telling part. Because what happens a month or so ago, a, a, a month from now, or a year from now? You know what I mean? Like, how do we continue to hold them to the fire and be like, this needs to be implemented all the time? Not just because, you know, Black Death or, you know what I mean, another Black body bill. Like, because, you know what I mean? Like, how do we continue to hold that? Keep that same energy, keep it. And then it's, it's, more, it's more to just trying to focus on isolated events. Those isolated events occurred because there's a system in place that allows for these isolated events to occur. So how do we as a society now focus on the systemic problem and not these isolated problems? You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's take all of those Confederate flags and burn them. I'm glad they did. But that's just a start. That is like a spark. So how do we keep that fire going? You know what I mean? But yeah, NASCAR is the whitest <laughs> sport. And it's crazy because it's like the biggest um, sports like industry. NASCAR. Out of before, yeah. the, NFL, before the NBA, they're, they're the biggest in this country. So how do we not, so how, you know, without being cynical about it, you know, sort of how do we maintain the momentum and, you know, we're going through so many paradigm shifts in, in the universe, right? You know, what, what, you know, we thought COVID was going to be the only story this year, right? And then all of a sudden, maybe because of COVID, 
this there's been some something's happened like you know I, I think it's hard to argue that something hasn't happened right now as it relates to race in this country but how, you know how do we not be cynical that something else is going to come along and we're going to lose that momentum like what you know how do we keep it going i guess it's, that's the question you asked i guess i'm do you have any sense of that any answers i don't think we can i don't we can't i don't care if the aliens come tomorrow like that we can't turn the blind eye to this anymore we can't we can't and it's really us having to not us um white folks really looking at the structure of this country and understanding that racism is ingrained in the development of this country and that bleeds into every policy every 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 corner every vessel of this country is rooted in racism so we have to look at that we have to investigate that and that has to be discussed in order for us to move forward we can't turn we can't not consider that anymore we can't I was texting with Esther yesterday about something, uh, you know, because I'm a white man, for those of you, you know, listening. Oh, you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one, the one thing I see now, like social media, is that you've got, you know, like, I think well-meaning white people that are, you know, a lot of people saying, I'm just listening. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to read and I'm going to, you know, so, so like, what's starting to bother me is that I think a lot of well-intentioned white people now think that this, they can just like take a semester on race relations. Like they can read, read how to be an anti-racist, maybe read white fragility, throw in a a little bit of James Baldwin and boom, all of a sudden they got it, you know, and then, and then go apply their newly acquired knowledge and fix the shit. Right. So like that bothers me because I think that, you got to act. You just got to yes. do something. Yes. And as you go along, you'll learn and maybe you pivot or whatever. So I guess what, what is your message to white people? Like in terms of balancing learning and acting and how should they act? You know, what kind of, you know, what do you think would be productive? Mm-hmm. I do think it's productive to talk to your people because I, I get so many white folks want to talk to me about what's going on. I need, I know, I live it every day. I live in this black body every day. I know what's going on. I need for you to speak to folks that look like you and educate, y'all educate together. And I need for white folks not to expect for black folks to fix this. This is something that we did not create. So how do you expect for us to fix something that we did not create? You know what I mean? We are a product, like everything that we experience is a product of a system that we did not create. So to ask us, well, what should I do? I feel like an asshole, but I'm like, that, I need for y'all to, y'all got to come together and y'all got to figure that out. Y'all have to. And then if you do want us to help, understand it. And my friend Shire, she says, we, um, it's an emotional labor tax that we want to start applying because this is emotional labor. Me, the work that I do every day is emotional. There's an emotional labor that comes with this work educating young people and you know talking about being a black woman in america like that is emotional labor so if you want that information you got to compensate folks for that you know what i mean so it's i think that that's falling further into white privilege to expect for black people to educate you or to expect for black people to somehow usher you into figuring out how we're going to fix this thing that we didn't even create in the first place so i need for I'm sorry, there's, I was just watching Dr. Yaba Blay. She's amazing. Um, she was like, you know, not when we live in the era of Google. Um, she said, uh, inside of Copedia Botanica, like there's so many ways that you can educate yourself, especially being a white person. You have resources that not so many other people have. So there's a way for you to get this knowledge and for you to educate yourself and then apply it back to those folks that look like you. It's action. That's that's the first step, and taking those actions and, and and having those really difficult conversations with yourself and with people that look like you. It starts with your family. It starts at your workplace. It starts wherever you are gathering. It's, it it starts with y'all figuring out how white folks can change it. Yeah, and just to just to kind of insert this, I think I think folks know how to fix it, to be completely frank. And 
it boils down to the first thing is capitalism. Yes. Money. Let's talk about it because people, I, are, people are afraid to, to lose that privilege. They exactly. That. And I get that. But understand exactly. if I didn't mean to cut you off, Esther. No like, worries. Understanding like if we all figure out that this system is broken, well, let me let me restate that. This system, if we're saying that it's rooted in racism and the way that the structure of this country is built is rooted in racism, it's working perfectly. But we need to understand that this system is not working. Mm-hmm. It's not working for everyone. It's not. So there needs to be a reevaluation of this system. So there's a lot of people that if that's just that system shifts, they're gonna lose a lot. And mm-hmm. are and is people is there people that are willing to lose that? Are people willing to lose that privilege? That's mm-hmm. that's the biggest part of it. You're absolutely right. It comes down to the dollar. Are people willing to to lose that access to that? Yeah, and it's it's so it's really to be completely frank, this country is so fucked up because it's always a zero sum game. Like mm. they're always a winner and loser, right. you know, in the sense of like, that's what capitalism is built. Someone is on the top of the pyramid because there's a base at the bottom of the pyramid. And I was telling Ben the other day, I was like, I just think that people don't want to be inconvenienced, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you're, you know, when you're talking about people living in first world countries, like who has like the, the usage of electricity, even, you know, for them, it's like the idea of being inconvenienced is so like like they can't survive you know because they don't know how to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and i think that i think people need to just like check their ego at the door and just be like fucking be uncomfortable it's okay that's how you grow and you know ultimately for me as somebody that's asian american okay for those that don't know (laughs) um you know i have i have definitely checked my privilege because talking with my people in my community you know for us we don't want to be inconvenienced because we don't want to be, we don't want to start trouble. That has always been that quote model minority like mentality. It's kind of like, put your head down, just like smile and nod and just do the work and just, we don't want trouble. We don't want trouble. And that has always been the case for a lot of immigrant communities in this country. But at the same time, they're so segregated, yeah. right? At the end of the day, they always have the option to go back to their right. country. Yeah. And what ends up happening with black Americans is they don't have that option. This is their country. About that all the time. And you know, and what America makes it feel like it's this idea of like, where is my home? Because the home that I was born in makes me feel like this ain't mine. So it's just like, you know, what is home? What is home? You know, a lot of black ethnics black others they have like you said they they can go back to jamaica they can trace their lineage back to some place i can't necessarily do that i know that most slaves came from west africa but west africa is huge <laughs> you know what i mean so it's just it's, it's like oof it's layered it's layered there's so many levels to this i was there's just so just this is talk about the ultimate game like video game there's mm-hmm. just levels and levels. And you think you like broke to the next level and it's like, no. Nope. And it's like, but let's not even get into capitalism because that is a whole other, because shit. Mm-hmm. I saw a Parasite, just saying. I still gotta watch it. I still gotta watch oh, it. Oh God, Lonnie, I know. it's such a good I'm movie. Slipping. I'm slipping, I'm slipping, I know. Anyways. I know. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. I, mm. I think the you know the, the the I think the sell to most white people right on we don't want pro- more police brutality against people of color right I think that's on a on a deeper level I'd say the majority of of, of white Americans are like yeah we definitely we want that we 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 think that's wrong we don't want it mm-hmm. where things get really difficult is when you start when when we talk of systemic change we talk about systemic institutional um causes and then furthermore when we start to get to capitalism mm-hmm. and 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 trying to you know and, and making the erosion or destruction or significant modification of our capitalist culture as a prerequisite or a predicate to up upending these institutional racial issues mm-hmm. that's where i think things get really difficult and i think that's 
I think that's a really hard sell for most white Americans. Mm -hmm. And so when I've been going to these marches um, and these demonstrations, I've noticed that a lot of, you know, there's a lot of conflation of those issues, right? The, the you know, anti-capitalism and anti-racism, mm -hmm. which I can understand how they're related, but I think that as a political matter in terms of, you know, um, affecting change, I think that becomes a, I just don't know how much, I don't know what the return on investment is in terms of that messaging, in, ter in terms of achieving I, the, the goals. I don't know. I, I mean, I find it hard to separate the two in America. Like you can't, I feel like you can't talk about race without talking about capitalism. You can't talk about capitalism without talking about race, because if you think about it, who's benefiting the most from capitalism? Who benefits I, the most from racism? So it's like- I, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. I just, I'm just saying that that's, a, that's where the, the but narrative- But that blows my mind though. <laughs> that blows my mind that people can't see the connection, like the intersection, like how those things- yeah, I think I think if you, of course, you you know, it's you can explain the historical basis for it, and you know, and why that is the case. You can look at the colon, you know, the southern colonies. Obviously, that was all built. Black people were capital; like they were brought here as Correct. capital. Correct. <laughs> you know, but what in I mean? terms of remediating those issues and looking to the future and how to change it, mm -hmm. I, I, it, it, I think the narrative has to be crafted, I think, carefully and also in a way that connects the dots as to what exactly. What is the systemic change that's being looked for here, and how does it actually resolve the issue? Mm -hmm. And I don't hear that narrative out there yet, at least not cogently described for enough people to be able to actually hold on to it and say, okay, this is something where I'm, you know, I'm willing to check my privilege, or I'm willing to sacrifice, or I'm willing to uh, advocate for the system being undone in a fundamental way. But I think that that goes back to what Esther was saying people accepting that there is something called systemic racism. I think that there's a lot of people that don't want to accept that that is a thing. And that this thing is a huge part of the structure of this country. I think there are a lot of people that can accept that, but that don't, that I think are confused as to, well, what does that mean? How do we, how do we fix that, right? How do we fix the institutions so that they no longer <laughs> perpetuate like I said, I think they under, I think people genuinely, if you dig deep down, they know what that is. I mean, even kooky, what's her name? Marianne Williamson said it at one of the Dem debates. She laid it out about how much money needs to be given to the Black American community for them to even, quote, catch up. You know, it's about, it's at the end of the day, it's about dollars because in this country, you need money. You need yep. some sort of universal income. Andrew Yang was talking about that. You know, the, why, why are certain voters in certain demographics, you know, more active? You know, why do, you know, it, it even boils down to the simple thing as like, I was talking to somebody about, you know, how national parks, only 7% last year were um, identified as people of color that visit national parks. And everyone was like, oh, nature is a white thing. Nature is a white thing. And I brought it up to my husband and he's like, well, yeah, because it fucking takes a lot of money to go to the Grand Canyon. Work. At the end of the day, you got to take off work. You got to get on the car. You got to pay the gas. You got to go out to eat. You got to buy the camping gear. It's ultimately, it boils down to dollars. And so if we're able to just do that as the basic, basic minimum, you know, about like them creating government housing was not the solution nope you know what i'm saying not like that's not the look yeah it's not the look you know and this whole idea of food stamps and like welfare that was not the solution they thought it was a solution they made it like it was a solution but at the end of the day it was another it was another it was another way to okey doke <laughs> right it was, and it was another way to to victim shame like now you yeah. you, you this is another tool for you to say Oh, see, you can't pull yourself up from the bootstraps the boost, the boost and, and do like everyone else. You see, like what, what's wrong with you? Why can't you? You know what I mean? So it's like, it's just another tool to kind of degrade, you know? It's, mm. So then, then to ask the question then, so then what, what is, so what does it look like, right? Obviously public housing, that, that, that wasn't good. Food stamps, that's not good either. But what is, you know, walk me through a, you know, if it's a reparations system or some reallocation of wealth, like what does that look like? You know, 
because I, you know, I, I agree that the, even if you can accept this institutional reason, which I think a lot of people are coming around to, even the people that, that didn't before, or maybe people right now are just going through an awakening where they're opening to that and they weren't before. There's still that. What does the specific steps look like? What, what what does reparations mean to you? You know what? You know what are we? You know, well, let's start with support black artists, support black institutions, the HBCUs, um, put funneling the monies back into these institutions. I mean, back into these communities. Like that. That's a that's an easy fix. Support black artists. Support, like I said, support these institutions that are doing the real work. You know what I mean? And that are dealing with these communities. That's, to me, that's an easy, easy fix. Easy fix. Refunneling this money. Um, it's just, I, okay, so people are freaking out over this idea of defund the police. Like, I get it. Like, we're, from where I stand and the way that I understand it and what I ride for is taking, because there's no reason why you're telling me that the LAPD gets almost $5 billion as a budget when there are schools in LA that don't have fucking books. Like that, that just does not make sense to me. So reallocating that money, and I ain't saying the completely defunct police, maybe later, <laughs> but like taking that money and refunding that, that money and putting that money where it needs to be, in the arts, in education, in, in healthcare, in mental health. Like, you know, all of that trauma that the police has caused Take that money so and put that back into the institute so people can get trauma-informed care and people can get therapy so there can be um, counselors and mental health specialists in our schools. Like, do that. Do that. Those are easy fix. There's no, there's, you can't tell me that there's a reason why police have tanks and, and, and rocket launchers and all of this shit, helicopters and, and, and robots and, you know, like, and, and, and spy. Like, there's, there's no need for all of that when you're telling me that there's kids that don't have books, you know? So like this idea of like reallocations of funds, you know what I mean? And figuring out where these funds need to happen. Put those back into, if we wanna do public housing, take that money and put it into public housing so it's done correctly. And these people don't feel like they are being um, ostracized or pushed to the side, you know what I mean? Another prison. Right, or just, yeah. Just yeah. the buildings alone looks like right. it's it's just Perfect. prisons. And that's Perfect. all design. It's all design. Because in the if if someone feels like they don't own something, they're not gonna take care of it. They're not gonna they don't feel they don't feel entitled or they don't feel a connection. They don't feel like that's theirs. So there, there's no pride in it. So you mean to tell me that you're gonna put people in these like 30 floor buildings that look like exactly like a prison, that they're supposed to be happy? And they're supposed to be like, oh, yay, woohoo. Like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So those types of things can be done. Take that money away from there. It, they don't need all of that. $5 billion for a police budget. Right. It's NYPD, LAPD, and then Minneapolis, they get a whole shitload of money as well for their, their police department. Miami's a little lower on the list, but they're up there. They're, I think they got... I think they get like maybe 250 million for their budget, but right. I was blown away when I saw that LAPD and NYPD gets like in the billions with the B, not the M. But you know what I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I so think just, I think LA just agreed to slash like 120 million off of the five, oh. and they're like, wow, great, Ooh, yeah. which is like a dollar to say uh, 500 bucks, right? At the end right. of the day, I mean. Whatever. Right. And not only that, but also just to talk about how much money there is just sitting there. Um, I was reading a New York Times article today about all of the uh, hundred private foundations, like the family foundation, like Ford, Rockefeller, all this stuff. Right. They have over a hundred billion dollars sitting in hedge funds, essentially mm -hmm. their endowment. Yes. Right. Yes. What are you gonna do with a hundred billion dollars in the market? Yes. Like, and even um, Darren Walker, who is a black man that runs Ford Foundation, mm -hmm. he like had to like take out a debt to increase his funding so now they could give out more money. But I'm just thinking like even these like foundations, right. as much as they're all about philanthropic and all this stuff, right. it's like talk about a giant Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Like like they're just like 
they just got money in the system for what? When it's, when Where's literally it people are dying, right. dying because they can't eat. Right. So this is why so I don't talk about these, these statements. I don't care about these statements that people want to release. I couldn't care less about that. McDonald's whoop de whoop. I saw their little commercial last night. I was like, so what? What are you doing? What is your action? Give some money to some of these foundations that are doing out here in the streets doing this work. Well, SoftBank. Exactly. Yeah. You know SoftBank what I mean? SoftBank gave a hundred million, you know, yes. so. Yes, yes. So like them. those types of things, those need, yeah. it's this. If we talking about dollars, capital, right. then right. put it where your mouth is. It ain't about, a, I don't want to hear another apology. I don't want to hear another statement. Who gives a fuck about, oh, I'm sorry. So what? <laughs> so what? Put your money where your mouth is. Give those people, be out there. I don't even care if y'all McDonald's decides that they want to show up at every protest and give everybody McChickens. Do something. Do something. I know it's not the greatest food, but do something. You know what I'm saying? Everybody get McFlurries at the protest. I don't know, but do something. Do something. Do something. This, this protest is brought to you by McFlurry. <laughs> well, I don't know if you want to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like it, it's it's it, like you said. If we talking about capital, then redisperse that money. Pay up. It's the easiest fix at yes. this moment yes. because again, it's so tangible. I yes. mean, people have laid it out. I mean, small communities have yes. laid it out. Yes. You know, big cities have laid it out. Yes. And I just think that again, we're going back to what we were talking earlier about this idea of being inconvenienced. Yes. People are scared. It's like. They think it's they're like, going to oh, lose a little bit. It's just, oh. Ooh. It's like, oh, like you get taxed another, whatever, 4%. And you're just like, oh, oh my God, wait, I can't buy the whatever Chanel bag that I wanted. Or it's so inconvenient. But the, but, but the irony, right? And I was listening to a Bob Dylan song the other day called Only a Pawn in Their Game, which was about like Medgar Evers being shot and kind of the exploitation of poor whites. And, uh, you know, also James Baldwin talked about it in this talk. Um, he did this debate against William Buckley, like, you know, the conservative content, but like just basically how the whole ethos of this country is we have to preserve this like rapacious capitalism because and because, and you know, one day I could be that person who gets to benefit from it. Right. And that's the dream that's sold even to poor white people. That's what yeah. Donald Trump took advantage of in the last election. Absolutely. Right? And it's that narrative and it's that perverse version of like, you know, that, that economic system that's being sold as really being the foundation of our country, right? Um, you know, that's, that's the, the problem. And so I think we've got, we've got a larger issue in terms of our, the philosophical foundation of our country that, that's hard. Just keep it real. Our country is built on a bunch of fucking lies. And that's the thing. <laughs> it's built on lies. It's built on other people's blood. Like it's built on, on, on Posse scams. Like, like it's just, it's, and, and it's, it, it's baffling. It's yeah. baffling because it, it, it's, it's like, wow. I mean, it all started when this clown thought he was going some, going with the one place and ended up in another and was like, oh, I discovered a place that was already people there living chopping it up before he even got there, but he discovered someplace. Like, I'm like, it just started off as trash. <laughs> just, it started off all wrong. It started off all wrong. And I just. Can we fix it yeah. though? I mean, that. Can we go back? I think the easiest, easiest fix to begin to start is, is this reallocation of, of capital. Yeah, I think we need, you know, that whole Maslow hierarchy, right? At the base of it is like, if you don't have to worry about paying rent, getting good food on the table, you know, making sure you have all of the means, electricity, all of that stuff, then you can kind of like edge up to that, you know, to the next level, which is like entertainment. You can maybe educate yourself. You could enjoy, you know, art. And then moving up, moving up again, it's like, as long as the base is somewhat taken care of and you're not constantly having to struggle to make rent and that anxiety mm -hmm. of, con of just like, am I going to be able to put food on the table? 
like, you know, we've been blessed in the sense of like, you know, only my parents were able to have that worry. But, you know, my hope is that, you know, all of that kind of be, me being aware was because of all of the struggles that my parents came into this country and was able to kind of just like work, 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 work. Yeah. But yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, there are opportunities to really do check out of this fuckery of a system. Right. right. I mean, people do it all the time. I mean, right. I got like, there are moments where I'm just like, should I just move into some mountain somewhere and right. just like an eco farm and just peace? Like, yep. My, my crew and I were like, we should just pack up and just move to Costa Rica. A lot of people have done it. A lot of people go. have Let's done it. Go. Let's just go. You know, because yeah. it's, 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 and you wrote, you know, Ben, you, you, you pose a great, it's like, can we fix it? I don't know about us three on this screen right here. We can, but I know. You underestimate us. You underestimate us. I mean, we are, we're doing the work. We're doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing the work. We've been doing the work. Um, but it, it's, it's just, oh, like, just, just to think about, okay, Amazon. What's the dude's, the, the owner, the CEO? Bezos, Bezos, Jeff Bezos. The fact that this man has been making billions in a week since the pandemic, like billions a week. How? And then it's like, how do you even begin to spend that, that much? Like, I, I can't well, even- He hasn't even signed the Gates challenge, right? I mean, I mean, look, you can say what you want about Gates, even though he, he created COVID and all that. That's a, that's a recurring joke on this podcast. I don't believe that. That's just, I'm just, I'm being polemical. But, um, but, at least, but at least Gates is like actually solving some issues of humanity, you know, like, um, but Bezos hasn't even taken the pledge as far as I know to give his 300 billion or even a part of that towards anything, you know? I mean, I think that guy's just a greedy cute. fucker. Right. And that, mean, it's real cute that he did that Instagram post about, like, you know, the racist that, that, that sent him the email, and he was like, oh, well, you're not the customer that I want anyway. Like, okay, that was cute, but where's the money? Where's the yeah. money? Yeah. Again, he doesn't want to be inconvenienced, Lolly, Lonnie. Let's be yeah. real. But, um, but yeah, I, would, I, re- I mean, it's, if anything could solve humanity, it's fucking memes on Instagram because some of the memes like there was one meme they're like listen can we make a deal that if you reach 999 million dollars you just like win the uh, greedy prize and say hey <laughs> you you get a plaque and says I did it I won capitalism you get a dog park named capital. after yeah you get a dog park named after you and yes. no, no more billionaires That's no it. more billionaires Oh. Why do we have billionaires? Yeah. I, I, like, do you yeah, know how much point. billions of dollars are? Yes. He's almost a trillionaire at this point, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. yeah, he's like $1.17 trillion or something. I'm I like, just, I, how is that even like morally okay? It's not. It should not be. It, 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 not when and what is it? And what has he done for Miami? The guy's from freaking Miami. He's yeah, done, he went to Palmetto High School. He's done no, fucking, he didn't. Yes. He's done fuck all for Miami. So double fuck him. Yes. He went to Palmetto High School. His, his last name, Bezos, is his Cuban dad. That raised him. Step, step back. I learned step back. something today, honey. Oh, I'm sharing that tea. I did not know that. He. Yep. Palmetto High represent South Miami all day. Uh, from the 305, and he ain't did shit for Miami. Where pay up? Where's the money? He did. He did put an Amazon warehouse in Hialeah. That. Where's the money? So oh, fucked up. You the wrong one. Anyways. Ooh, yeah, we need to make a like a petition that states if you have five hundred million dollars, that's it. Like capped. capped, you cannot make any more money. Yeah, and I'm- any money that you make, you have to give it away to somebody. Wow, there is no way you could spend five hundred million dollars. No, I I got clients that do. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you need to talk to your clients, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. 
talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I'll make sure I talk to them. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. And give give um, your clients my Venmo account and Lonnie's Venmo account. <laughs> Lonnie's okay. J305, cash app. Okay, done. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll cut you guys in on the action. Thank you. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it's always going to be an arbitrary number. What's more than what someone should make. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is the system that allows people to generate that type there of we capital. Go, man. There we go. You can't, you can't blame people for pursuing their advantage, but you can try to change the system so that advantage isn't as perverse. Yeah. But well, I then how do- I can't oh. blame them for not acknowledging that the system is defunct that allowed them to do that. A lot of people do. Warren Buffett talks about that all the time. Yeah, he's he's like, the system's yeah, fucked does. up. Yeah. yeah. Yes, well, does. if anyone could actually be the insider on that and try to help make systemic change is Warren fucking Buffett. Yes. He, can't do, he can't do jack shit. Because it's, it's a political, it's, it's, a, it's a larger political issue. It's not, you can't throw money at it. Look at Mike Bloomberg trying to throw money, at, you know, to become the president. Yeah, but my point, I mean, I listen, I don't, I, I, the foundation of why capitalism exists is in theory, it's good, right? But my point is that what I don't like about it is this kind of idea of like greed. Yes. It's one thing to be abundant. And I, I'm not trying to get all Oprah, a Deepak Chopra here, but like there's an idea of being abundant. My abundance oil, abundance. <laughs> okay. I think everyone can live a very amazing life. They even did some research. I forgot what, um, it was at Harvard or something, but they analyzed like, what is the like annual income that a single person can make that after that they cross the threshold, their happiness level doesn't really like, and it was just like a single person living in a decent neighborhood you know, has like, you know, goes out to eat. Like, it's not like some, you know, they're not like lavishing. $72,000 a year was the annual income. Anything after that is just like Gucci bag. You know, it's like, oh, you know, first class ticket for a single person. So they're just saying like, beyond that is just now it's just more of like, it's just like luxury. Luxury. yeah. Not in, not to defend greed, but I'll be the I'll just be the you know the antagonist here. Um, uh, greed has also helped cure many diseases, right? Uh, so the pursuit of wealth or the accumulation of wealth has also created in, incredible things. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that it's all good. It, there's a lot of bad, but the pursuit of greed and the capital system has resulted in some of the greatest advancements in the history of our species. So the question is, like, for me, I think you do need a system where people are incentivized to create. And we can say, well, people shouldn't be incentivized by wealth or, or these things. But that, you know, what other system has, has created those incentives where that's resulted in those, those type, some of those types of gains? I mean... I'm not, I mean, there's rapacious capitalism. Look, I'm from Denmark, right? Everyone shits on Denmark because... Everyone just to, to what the the system like the utopia you describe, Esther like that's Denmark, right? Um, but that's not this country. People want the turbocharged like live or die type of. I can become a billionaire, uh, but for me to become a billionaire, a lot of people have to suffer and die, right? That's the ethos of this country. That's what it was built on, and that's going to getting back to like the, the philosophical underpinnings of this country. That I think it's very hard for us to change, no matter what other values we also think are important. Yeah. Hence why Burning Man exists back in the day. Oh now it's like, now it's like a corporate, that's, no, but the, the concept of it, of it, it's like a bunch of hippies coming together with no sense of like economics, but a barter system. And it was all about like having a shared, you know, ethos and da, 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 da. I'm not, I'm not saying that Burning Man is the answer, but um, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's like what Buckminster Fuller said, man, you can't change the system. The only way you make the system obsolete is to create a new system. And, you know, I mean, I think, it. It. 
Yeah, this system's fucked, man. And that's the thing what I don't like about greed is that there's always a winner and loser. And it doesn't have to be that way. Everyone can win. I'm like DJ Khaled. We can all win. But the people in power, they won in such a fucked up way that they don't want to be essentially crucified. Because karma is going to get their ass. Because they legit looted, they raped, they pillaged. They, they've done all of that. They've like essentially stolen this land by genocide at the end of the day, you know? And so those people have that kind of weight that is on some karmic shit where they've been passing it down to their 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 generations where it's like, you cannot let the curtain fall on this or or we're fucked in the sense, you know, but think, it's starting you, to fall. I think you give too much credit to the sociopaths in power and their level of self-awareness. Like, I think it's just the system allows for people that don't give a shit to rise to the top. And so it's, again, it's a system. It's not the individuals that are in it. Yeah, but even those people that aren't in the inner circle, there is always a cap. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's always some sort of a a limit to how much they could really... I And I do believe, not to be all whatever, like Illuminati, but there are people yeah. that are up there, yeah. the 1% of the 1%. Like, yeah. a lot of people that are, like, mil- millionaires, I'm like, you're not part of that in- inner circle, buddy. Sorry. Like, and then you got to think about lineage, too. Like, there's, there's groups of people that have run this country... There are groups of people that the their that old money, that long money, that's Yo. in this country too. And we gotta have, that's a whole different thing. And that, don't get me yeah, that, don't get me started on the freaking like Queen of money. England. Like mm-hmm. that st- we gotta think about all of that. And that is state tax reform, man. Estate tax reform. You know, like every year the estate tax exemption rises and rises. Your first twelve million dollars uh, are are tax exempt now. Mm-hmm. based on the increase in the state, you know, state tax limit, mm-hmm. you know, it's feudalism, man, you know, you're, and you can structure around it so that, you know, you really aren't subject to the estate tax. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really, there's just so many layers, <laughs> just yeah. so many layers. And but I know that we, you know, like you said about the sociopaths and giving them too much credit, but like, I do think that some of this, um, the way that the system is designed um, is designed for those type of people to be at top. I do. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's designed for, it, it's gotta be, you gotta have those kind of, those kind of people that don't have like any kind of like right. moral compass to, to accomplish what is coming. 1000%. There's, there is evil people out there. You know, as much as I'd like to be all kumbaya and like love and stuff, they're just some fucking. Everybody don't mean there. well. Everybody no. don't mean well, and they bout self and will do everything that they need to do just to keep for self. Yeah, and there's a lot. There is lineage, generations and generations of trauma that will keep their demonic activities in play. So unless there is some weird divine intervention, but yo, and trust me. I'm like, I'm like all of these like uh, Confederate statues and all of these like historic statues that are being defaced and torn down. Like I'm like, tear all of those shit down, tear them down. Because it's like, those are constant reminders of the trauma that this country has caused uh, people of color. Like this is a constant reminder of like, just, That's just, like SS soldiers and fucking like Hitler right. having like right. fucking like yes, yes sir it's their German heritage it's like yes. they're no. demons yes. just straight up demons nowhere else does that exist like every time a regime was torn down everything that was connected to that regime was deleted and destroyed it was no remnants of of of, of, of this regime that existed before this is that's only here in America like what do you why do we have these Confederate statues still lingering around if we don't exist in that that realm anymore because we still exist in that realm it's still a part of how we live that's the only way that i can see why so yep. it's, it's tear them all down i can't wait they defaced did you see that they defaced um the um ponce de leon uh, uh statue and the uh the columbus one 
down on um yeah downtown yeah 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 man it's i'm really i'm i'm hopeful that this is again like we just keep like lonnie was saying earlier just keep just keep the gas pedal going keep it going keep it going because it, it just it, we can't like and I'm telling you, man, we're living in a generation too where there's just so many mixed babies and <laughs> they, and it's true. Like, and, but they are, they are so like conscious of that. And they realize like this whole binary track thinking is really fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so what are, are you guys uh, talking so, about? You know? So in a way, in a way, I feel like, you know, now that we know how, how old you are, Lenny. Um, we're all in the same generation, right? And when I, I think we're re we're redundant to, to to the solution in a way. I mean, maybe we can serve as like framing some of the historical reality or, or lend wisdom. But I agree. I think this new generation that's coming up, that's <laughs> they're not fucking around. Yeah, no, they're not. They're not. And they're and and I love it. Like I've been I've been talking to my niece a lot because I'm like just. Give me hope, you know, and every time she texts me back, I'm like, oh, yes, you know, just retire us, yeah. put us out to pasture, yeah. let him take over. And then once in a while, check in on us, you know, yeah. make sure, yeah, yeah. make sure we're like, fed. I have a duality approach to that because I feel like we still have, it's a lot of pressure for us to put on them because they have not, they didn't create the situation. So we still have an obligation to like put in the work to kind of pass the torch to them too. You know yeah, what I mean? I so I, I kind of like, but I feel you, they give me so much hope. Like I work with young people on a daily and you know, to see my son posting all of these like, you know, Black Lives Matter things and like, you know, he, he can't help but, and, I, and, and it makes me proud cause I'm like, oh, that's my baby, that's my child. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he gets it. Um, so it's, I, I it's a balance because we can't necessarily just be like, oh, well, y'all got to fix it. We out, we tired, you know what I mean? But it's also like, I have I have extreme faith in them because they, they are not fucking around, like you said. They're not, they oh, are. Excuse me. Hello. Say hi. Hi. Yeah. Also like Gen Xers are just so jaded, <laughs> you know? Like I was, I was saying that the other day. I was just like, we're just a generation of like, we don't really like. We're just like the system's never changing. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is, and yeah, I think it is a generational thing because let's just be honest. When this whole thing started, and you know, I was like, oh, here we go again. You know, I'm thinking like, oh, I've seen this like five, five years ago in Ferguson. I mean, we've seen it in LA riots. Like even like, I was just like, yo, this is just not working, not working. Cause again, my jaded Gen X-ness was coming out. Like, yo, these kids need to wake up. This is the system. You, <laughs> you can't hate the play, I hate the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And, and then I, I remember my daughter just like schooling me one day where she was just, I forgot what she said. And I was just like, Okay. Oh. Like, I was like, yeah. all right, I actually might think you're right about this. This is a generation that's going to be using Bitcoin when they are our age and be totally fine with it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they're all on a whole other level. Other, yeah. They are. How they, how they're fighting racism by without leaving their beds. Right. On some weird ass K-pop shit where she's just like <laughs> reading. Like I, that to me blew yeah. my mind where I'm like, what are you doing? She's like fighting the system. Right. <laughs> but I'm like, yo, you're really trying to like shut down right. the internet. Yeah. With K-pop. Like yeah. what? Yep. Yep. Blows me away. It, but it, so but you know, we all have our lanes, right? Yeah. We all have our right. lanes. And we gotta, and, and I think that that's, and you know, I've been thinking about that a lot with just like, you know, just this whole situation. Like, you know, so many of us are like, oh, we need to go and be in the streets and, 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 and protest, da, da, da. but it's like, I'm a whole 40 years old. I have two babies. I'm an educator. I, you know, I have a lot more to lose these days. Now, if I was, if it was about 20 years ago, I would have been out on these streets and probably burning things down. But I realized. It's the same 
that I have a different role now. My lane is yeah. different. You know what I mean? And recognizing that there's so many lanes and there's so many ways for us to all be a part of this fight. Um, it's just not, it's just figuring out what that lane is. And I think that, like you said, we are there to give them guidance and kind of like give them that support, but they, they are, they're in their lane and they are right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are in it, in it. Yeah. Well, I, th I still think our generation, you know, we're, uh, was it pessimists of the brain, but optimists of the spirit or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe we're the right generation to kind of provide them with that, yeah. that guidance, right? As opposed yeah. to certainly not the, uh, the boomers and certainly not the millennials. Right, right. Because these millennials, don't get me started. Oh. That's, a, that's a whole other podcast, Lonnie. Okay. <laughs> they concern me. <laughs> Um, anyways, yeah, I would, usually we, we do like a rapid fire, like question session oh, okay. to end these like podcasts, but I really didn't <laughs> prepare. Well, well, we just, we solved everything. So it's good. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. At the end of the day, the first thing, basic universal income, let's get it together. Let's get it together. Let's figure, that out. figure it out. Andrew Yang, I think, had a had a plan going. I think a thousand dollars or twelve hundred dollars a month. Just to, just throw it out there. So yeah, just check it every month. Yep. Yep. Why not? Print yep. that money. Let's go. These is oh. hire more black people. These corporations hire more black people. Get you some consultants. Y'all need consultants on equity and inclusion. And I'm not talking about just y'all doing one or two workshops. Y'all need to have directors and, and consultants that are built into your, your corporations and into your institutions. So this person is your point person that deals with this on a daily basis. And it's yes. Ongoing thing. And honestly, this came up in a, in a, I remember an arts nonprofit conference years ago, but I remember hearing it and I was like, this is brilliant. You, you know how companies have financial audits every year or every two years? They need to do a culture audit. Yes, they do. They need to do a racial audit. They yeah. need to do an equity audit yeah. where somebody that is an outside person comes in and says, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to look at your budget. We need to analyze your staff. We need to analyze your board. That is true accountability. Yeah. So, Lonnie, I think you should start that consulting company. Oh. Mm. I'm on it. Trust. Um. <laughs> And the other thing to cap it all off is sprouts. You guys need to get into sprouting, like straight up. Like it is the most self-sustaining, um, um, <laughs> look at Ben's face. It's sprouts, like, you know, like bean sprouts, like mung bean, like broccoli sprouts, sunflower sprouts. So Wait, this guy wrote a- them Or eating them? eating them this guy he like wrote a book about just like sprouting is literally costs nothing it's just literally the only way we can get food equality if we are talking about like nutrition caloric density like fibers like this we're talking just literally chia seeds that you can buy in bulk for a dollar and you could have you could just be eating sprouts for a year and not spending any money and being completely healthy. Just saying, so sprouts. Saying we just need to go straight up, just sprouts. That's all we need. I'm just saying like, we can't, like if in fact we need to talk about self-sustainability or our community sustainability, sprouts is the answer. Did you learn that at Burning Man? <laughs> um, no. But I'm sure there's a sprouting station. Your face was classic. Your face because was the <laughs> the guy that wrote the book, What's he does live. Book? It's called Sprouts. Oh well. The guy that wrote the book. The guy that wrote the book lives in a desert. Mm. Burning Man. Yeah, he yeah. Yeah. he there every year. Yeah. Every year. <laughs> Anyways, selling his sprouts. <laughs> um, I don't know, Ben. Do we? Do we cap this off? Because I know uh, Lonnie's a very busy lady. Uh, this was so enlightening. Uh, thank you for letting me uh, play uh, devil's advocate. No, the uh, devil don't need no more advocates. Mm. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Well, I enjoyed meeting you, Lonnie. Thank you so much. You're, you're great. Amazing spirit and, and, and wise, wise woman. So 
you. Uh, and you are our first uh, guest for season two. Even though it's totally not like Lonnie's like, can someone log in? And I'm like, not live, but once we post it up, we could share it. Nice. No, I was, I was like, yeah, I got to do it. I, I love chopping it up with Esther. So I was like, I would love to do it. Love to do it. So. Um, Lonnie J, I love you. Love you too. My right. sister. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that's it. So thank you for your time. And I love your plants in the back. Thank you, thank you. My sprouts. sprouts. <laughs> sprouts. They're everywhere. Right. I'll show you guys. Yeah. Peace, guys. Take Bye. Care.